Hi, this is Anthony Manfredi. Hi, this is Opal Alipat. And this is the Performance Management TechCast podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Performance Management TechCast. We're recording this in November 2021. We have a great episode planned as we head back to the future to discuss the Oracle EPM on-prem offering with independent consultant AJ Martellino. But first, Opal, how's everything going with you lately? Everything's going pretty great. I would say life is awesome, but I'm a big fan of the fall season and all of the United States holidays that we have this time of year, spending lots of time with family. How are things going with you? No, it was pretty good. We had a nice weekend. We went to uh, Great Wolf Lodge with the kids this weekend. Uh, it was my uh, my youngest son's fourth birthday. But I gotta I gotta say I'm I'm going a bit crazy. I need your opinion on something. Okay. So I have a daughter who's six, turning on seven, and she's a big fan of of kids' music, right? So there's this song. I guess it's been out for a little while called Ruby Rock. Have you ever heard of it? No. Okay. So you know, you know the thing where you hear like a lyric and you think it's something else, right? Yep. Um, I want to play it for you, right? And I'm, I'm oh, going to no. stop right at that piece. And I want you, I'm going to tell you what I think I hear, okay? Okay. And I want you to tell me what, what you hear, okay? Okay. All right. So I'm going to get started with this. Hold on. Let me share this. I'm like a little scared, but. Okay. Don't be scared. It's it's a kid's <laughs> song. It's a kid's song, all right? That's what they all say. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. It's It's fine. Uh, let me just make sure I'm sharing my audio because I've never really done this before. So let's see how it goes. Oh, wow. Here we go. Yo, my name is Ruby. It's nice to meet you. There's some real close on that to teach you. Got a new dance that'll leave you speechless. Yeah, it's cool and sweet like peaches. So if you like dancing, get up. Because we about to do it and we gonna turn up. I'm so excited. I'm ready to go. So come and let's get this show on the road. Here it comes. First you gotta get loose If you want, take off your shoes Turn your game up to ten Do it better than your friends Play this music real loud By yourself or in the crowd Okay, right there That last part mm-hmm. To me, it sounds like She's saying, buy your software in the cloud Okay <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's why you're playing this Okay Yes So, <laughs> I think that's that's pretty close, yeah Right. So that's what it sounds like to me. Hold on one second. Let's see if I can get that. Just get that one part. Okay. It does sound like that. I, I have to give it to you. It does sound like that. <laughs> so the other day we're driving, going to school and a song comes on, right? My daughter's bopping the Ruby rock. And I hear this and I'm like, is she saying by yourself or in the cloud? And I start. I couldn't, I couldn't. So I needed your opinion on it. What do you think she's saying? Oh, find your cell phone in the crowd. Nope. Oh, nope. okay. Nope. It's by yourself or in a crowd. Oh, so it was almost like a hybrid of what we both thought. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. No, so like, it's so like, cool. yeah, I mean, that's, so that's, you know, that's just part of my day. When you have three kids, this is what happens. You, you start thinking about things like this. I'm glad that it wasn't just me who could not hear that uh, perfectly on that piece of it. But wait, so did you share that with your daughter? No, no, I can't. Oh, okay. I, no, because she knows what it is. She knows exactly. She knows she's got the whole dance down. She's doing the whole thing. She knows all the words. I cannot, I do not want to start that. Like, like, first off, I would have to explain software in the cloud to her. So, 
No, I did not share. Well, that's why I was curious. I was wondering if you were starting her young, but okay. No, 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 definitely not. Definitely not. (laughs) I mean, there's no way I don't do that. But yeah, that's just part of the stuff that happens, um, you know, every day in the Manfredi household, uh, my brain working (laughs) on these things all the time, constantly spinning. But, you know, I I, I think we have a guest. AJ, you there? How's everybody going? Well, you heard our problem. What'd you think that sounded like, AJ? Did you hear it? Actually, I really did think it said software in the cloud. And I was like, man, <laughs> what a plug. Yeah. I mean, Oracle should have bought buy that right now. That's like what they should definitely do, like, right? It's like, who's, whose kid is this? Whose kid is this? Got him in the entertainment industry. Go ahead and, and uh, kind of put in subliminal messages in there, like the back in the day in the, in the music. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, it's. I, it's out there. I mean, people are starting to, yeah, that, that she's, she's, you know, basically pushing SAS, but we're not here to talk <laughs> about SAS today, AJ. Um, That's right. No, we have a really good topic today. We're talking about on-prem software, the opposite of software in the cloud. And, uh, you know, I'm really glad you were able to join us. Um, why don't you introduce yourself? Well, first and foremost, thanks guys for, for inviting me to this wonderful podcast. I really appreciate it. And, and uh, you know, I'm really glad we can get the, the word out there on the new 11.2 on-prem uh, release. But before that, hi everybody, my name is AJ Martellino. I am an EPM infrastructure consultant for the Martellino company, based out of Houston and Toronto, depending on the season, all right? I'm usually up in Canada for the summertime, can't stand this Houston heat. <laughs> you know, I've been in, in IT for about 20 years and with the la- past 11 in Hyperion Infra. So I've been, I mean, it's like clockwork to me, I've been doing it for a while. You know, specifically around 11.2, I've been working with it since the minute it was released in December 2019. It was one of those, you know, you sit there and you twiddle your thumbs and you're like, when is it coming? Open, open, open. Keep checking the website and finally it lands. And I hit the ground running and and just learned this thing like the back of my hand, right? And, uh, you know, ever since then, I've done about a little under 50 installations already for about, you know, 20 plus customers. So it's been pretty good. Oh, that's awesome. What are the reasons why clients should consider it? One of the biggest reasons why people consider moving to 11.2 is not really from a functional aspect, right? It's more of the IT department putting pressure on them to say, hey, we're moving all our stuff to the newest, latest, and greatest Windows stuff. When can we move your stuff? Well, you know, with 11.124 and the stuff and the previous versions not being supported on the latest Windows operating systems or databases, well, it's, it kind of becomes a pain point for IT because they have to wait to move Hyperion to be the last product to actually move to the newer Windows operating systems. But lo and behold, since 11.2 has been released, uh, it, it actually helps everybody kind of move and keep going forward. So. so really just make sure that their infrastructure can be consistent and be with the latest and greatest versions, you would say, AJ. Absolutely. This is more of a technical release, meaning that you know a lot of the code behind the scenes is definitely uses the 11.124 code, but really I see the reason why they released this was just so for future support, if you're not ready for moving to the cloud or whatnot, having to be able to move to a version that is supported for the next 10 years or so um, gives you that longer runway to be able to move to the cloud and evaluate your options when you're ready. So, What do the clients need to know about upgrading? What, what's some stuff that you know Oracle hasn't told them or they might not know upfront from just reading the docs? Well, um, some of the big things that we definitely face when we're doing, you know, scoping or or pre-sales calls or whatnot is you got to be aware of what products are not 
supported anymore or are being deprecated. For example, you know, S-Base Studio, there, there are users that use S-Base Studio out there still and, mm-hmm. and even interactive reporting. So a lot of these older products, they got to kind of think about what they can do to mitigate this incompatibility uh, going forward. So on that topic, let's talk about some of the products and features that have been deprecated in the 11.2 on-prem release and really how are customers filling those gaps? What are you seeing out there? I've noticed that a lot more planning-based implementations definitely end up do moving to the cloud just because Mm -hmm. the functionality is there versus the FCCS where most of these customers just aren't quite ready yet to move there and they they end up doing an on-prem upgrade so that they have that longer runway to kind of evaluate their options. What about the customers that choose to stay on-prem? Do they just not use those products? Is that what they're doing? Or do they do kind of hybrid where some of the products are now going to be in cloud and some of them are going to be on-prem? That's a good question. We, we definitely see a lot of hybrid type situations where we'll mm-hmm. say they'll move their planning implementation to the cloud for PPCS, but they'll, they'll keep their HFM instances on-prem. There's a little bit of creating a new integration uh, methodologies behind that because, you know, data loading and, and is different in both products, especially when you have one in the cloud and one on-prem. But it's one of those things where you just kind of have to work through and see what you can come up with to cater to the customer's needs. One of the big things that I, at least I've heard of, at least from HFM customers, is the fact that they removed EPMA and they're now offering this kind of DRM light utility. Just kind of curious as to what experience you have with that. What are you seeing out there? How well did the conversion batch scripts work? Absolutely. Then this is actually a really big question. What they mean by DRM light is essentially it is the full-blown DRM. You have five user administration licenses, but you don't have the G- DRG component that you're licensed for, right? Which is absolutely fine. What we've seen is with the DRM and the utilities, there's there's a couple of utilities that you have to run your data through. And the output text files that come out, it doesn't make very good decision making. So it just takes a one shot and tries to just load everything in. When we all know that's not the case for every customer that they don't just work as a cookie cutter type uh, installation. So what has to be done is you have to actually do initial rework and piecemeal things in, in order to get those migrations across, right? So yeah. I could say that the utility will definitely, it helps you get the data out in a sense. However, getting it into DRM is, is where the pain point is. Oh, okay. I actually um, just finished up a 11.2.6 upgrade, AJ, uh, for a client, mm-hmm. and they chose not to use DRM. They were using EPMA. They didn't like it. They had HFMS space, and they also were using planning with EPMA, and they decided they wanted to just use the classic, because they don't. They very rarely update their HFM metadata, uh, so they decided just to use the classic uh, metadata update tools, which are still part of the applications instead of moving to a central solution like that. So that's another option clients have too. Absolutely. And that is very common, depending on the amount of applications, right, that shared dimensions and whatnot. But, but definitely, it's, it's always recommended we, before any kind of migration to try to get these, these customers to convert their applications to classic, for sure. That definitely helps. Yeah. And I got a quick question for you on that. Have you been integrating DRM with FDM? That's a great question. I have not um, ran into any uh, scenario situation for that. But, you know, now that you've asked that, Happenstance is going to happen, and the next customer is probably going to need that to, to do that. Yeah, so I, I, we'll, we'll yeah. I'm just, I was just curious if you've actually, I've, I've never actually tried it yet. Um, so I was just curious if you have. I noticed there's a nice option in there that says you can import from DRM inside of uh, data management. 
I don't know if that would just bypass some of the flat files, but um, mm -hmm. it might, it might be an option for some clients too, if they want to keep it um, touchless. So AJ, in your opinion, how stable is the EPM 11.2 platform? And I know that there's been a number of patches and based on some of the rumors, some are kind of more hit versus, you know, miss, but I'm, I'm just kind of curious as to what are your thoughts overall about the platform and its stability? So I can tell you that 11.2 is very stable. Like, um, I would nice. say it's actually the best version of, of the 11 that's uh, come out nice. um, in comparison to the previous versions. There is a couple things that you have to do in a sense for the configuration that may be a pain for some infrastructure individuals. But I mean, you know, once you get that through, it should be like clockwork. The pain point you do see for 11.2 the patching going from 11.2.x to the latest version of 11.2.x, right? Mm -hmm. What I've seen, I've had customers where we started them on 11.2.0 and we moved them all the way up to 11.2.5. No problem. Patches go through, but fine. But for some reason, when you try to go to 11.2.6, everything just breaks. And it was, you know, me being on the bleeding edge, you know, it took me a while to kind of figure out what was going on. And in the end, I think my, the inkling was is that they did a little bit of updating to some of the backend products like WebLogic and OHS to a, to a newer version. And I think that has a weighing in on why they were having issues. However, with 11.2.7 out, I'm hoping that that's all fixed when you patch just because uh, we, we, it was a big discussion between me and Oracle support. Um, and they knew that this was, this was a big issue. So I'm pretty sure that they were fixed, but I'll know in a couple of weeks when I, when I, when I patch a few of these customers. So. And just out of curiosity. So on the topic of 11.2.7, I know that it was literally just released. So no, no experience or guidance on upgrading that one yet. I have done about three net new installations from scratch uh, for 11.2.7. Oh, wow. Works okay. like a charm. Yep. It's definitely it's a solid installation. But again, the part where everybody that's already been on 11.2 is going to see what happens when you try to patch to 11.2.7, right? Mm -hmm. That's the big one. Okay. And what are some of the technological advances that you're actually seeing in the 11.2 EPM platform? Okay. So one of the big things about the technological advances in 11.2 is the support for more recent operating systems and database, like I mentioned earlier. Um, that's one of the big driving factors. It's not the functional things that they've added. It's just the, the, the technical and feature support, backend framework support that allows you to continue to patch the environment and keep up with IT's current security and trends to date. Um, one of the other things would be the advantages is the patching. Back in the day in 11.124 and previous versions, we had patches for all the products. We had patches for HFM, we had patches for planning, we had patches for FDME and so forth. Well, Oracle has done a really good job this time around uh, releasing patches on a regular cadence and it's just one big patch, right? And it's it comes out every quarter, January, April, July, and October. And it's been pretty solid oh, for, okay. for that matter. Mm -hmm. That's cool. That's a real big advantage when you used to have to install a million little little patches, right? Absolutely. Now, let me, there is a caveat. I'm not talking about, you know, updating your Java or your WebLogic or just those small little backend pieces. I'm just talking about in general for 
for, for the products, right? Like the PSUs, the patch mm-hmm. updates, and the PSEs, um, they don't really release those anymore. I mean, you see a few PSEs out there for those one-off fixes that, you know, that are really detrimental to, to functionality. But even at that, you only really patch those whenever you're having that issue. You don't just apply it just because you want to, right? So. That's great. AJ, you know, you have some customers out there. Not all of them are on 11.1.2.4. You know, they may be on versions before that. Any advice that you have for them if they want to take advantage of this new platform? What's their path? So the first thing they, they need to do is to get to 11.1.2.4. Because the 11.1.2.4 is the only supported platform to migrate from to 11.2, right? Whether, mm-hmm. whatever it may be, getting to 11.1.2.3 and then patching to 11.1.2.4 and then moving across, right? Those, so, you, so the first step is to get to 11.1.2.4, right? And then another thing that could be a potential gotcha is if you're using 11.1.2.2 and prior, you're probably using FDM Classic. That would probably have to be converted to FDME, to Jython, right? From the scripting aspect. We've seen some of those come up because, oh no, you know, it's not the same in these new versions. And so now you're taking on FDME now as, as, a, as a learning curve on top of, you know, you know, 11.1.2.4, you know, things like that. And the other couple of things that you mentioned, if you're using, utilizing EPMA, converting the uh, applications to classic before getting to 11.2, that helps a lot. And the deprecated products, obviously, if you're using SBase Studio or all these others pre-11.1.2.4 type uh, modules, to go ahead and figure out a solution or a workaround to, to, to kind of cut those out of the equation so it makes things a lot easier going forward. Very helpful. How does this upgrade actually take place to move to this new platform? Is it a brand new install and then you move your stuff? If you're going to be supporting all that new hardware, it doesn't make sense to probably do it in place, right? Like if you had 11.1.2.4, you probably have such an old operating system. That's a great question. So based on just history and experience, I never recommend an in-place upgrade. I've seen it just crash and burn. And then ultimately, and you end up going to do a new rebuild anyways. Right. So I would definitely say that the only methodology or the best approach is to definitely do a lift and shift where you stand up new servers with new operating systems and patch to the current, um, you know, the latest security patches and then install and then migrate the data from one source to the new target. That's the best way to do it. Just because if when it comes down to things like testing or UAT, if they can actually do, you know, just open a browser and say apples to apples comparison. Hey, this number looks right here. It's exactly as where it is in the source thumbs up right but you did bring up a good point yeah if you're doing it in place you can't really do that because of the operating system version yeah you wouldn't be taking advantage of any of the new mm-hmm. uh, the reasons to do it unless if you left it in the same spot give clients an idea <laughs> uh, i know you get lots of different estimates on timelines and things like that if you got a dev test and prod what kind of timeline of a project is, is a client talking about to get this done say they have an hfm application a planning application a few s-based apps just keep it simple I can say, so I've done this so many times that I can tell you that the best estimate just for a plain Jane vanilla installation type uh, type customer where there's a, not a lot of customization, it would be two to three weeks, excuse me, two to three weeks per environment, right? Mm-hmm. That gives you enough time for them to test. So we're talking about the three environments, eh, six to nine weeks total uh, from the infrastructure tasks perspective. I think you're being a little optimistic on how much time <laughs> clients would actually test it, especially with an HFM. So I, I think they might want to give themselves a little bit more time to test it. I think that they would be, 
when you're talking about an HFM application, it was my experience, AJ, they tend to want to really validate that it's doing the same things that it was doing before when it was moving the application. So they may need a little bit more time to test it out than say planning or an S-base because all my data ties, I'm good. My calcs run, I'm good. But at HFM, they sometimes have a little bit more sensitivity. Gotcha. Just, just, just from a timeline perspective. That's me, but you know, I have yeah. just 10. Well, well, what I really actually meant by that was that two to three weeks for me to complete you and deliver an environment to you. And so typically what happens is like, you know, I, I build a development and then I said, here you go, customer, here's your environment. I'm going to go ahead and start building tests while you're testing out your development environment. So they have all the time in the world they need to do to test the, their, their instances or whatnot and can do any error correction that they find and make sure that gets applied to test. And then when I move to prod, they can do tests all the time. So they actually have a lot of testing time. And what I meant by two to three weeks is for me to deliver the actual environment for you to start testing. Sorry, I should have been a little bit more clear on that. Any issues at all that you've had, you've come across with migrating the applications from the old version into the new? No, absolutely not. It, which is great because again, you know, we're using the 11.124 code set. So everything kind of just works. Now I can tell you there is one small caveat and that has to do around financial reporting. So financial reporting was redesigned in a sense in 11.124.900, which was only allowed for net new customers that were doing installations that never had Hyperion in general. If you had 11.124 or prior, you weren't supposed to be using 11.124.900, mm-hmm. right? And that the way they designed financial reporting in that version is closely aligned with 11.2. And what happens is that, you know, if you have security in your reports, which is very common, that does not come across to 11.2. That actually has to be redone and manually recreated just because the name of the security roles are different. And that, mm-hmm. you know, obviously that doesn't match. So you have to redo it and say, okay, this role means this, that, and the other. And they condensed the roles a little bit. They took a, they took a little bit of them away. So, so you kind of kind of really identify which one best suits for what you're planning to do for whatever username or group. So oh, that's a great tip. The one thing I had... <laughs> I've had my experience with is, is the client wanted to move the FDMEE and they wanted mm-hmm. all their audit. That was a tough task, but there is steps to do it, but I had to rely on the Oracle DBA to run the data pump to move the data from one environment to the other. That was the only way because there was just so much data in the, in the audit logs as far as for FDMEE, but it came over perfectly once everything worked. Absolutely. They definitely need to add something in, in a sense for that workbench history, right? Because I mean, that's one of that's actually a big question that a lot of people ask: is how do we move our existing audit data across? And you hit the nail on the head. It's it's really data pump, like doing the, the backend repository lift and shift and moving around and modifying a couple of tables here and there so that it kind of fits, right? So so absolutely, I'm glad you got to work. Yeah, eventually I get it gets to work. <laughs> I don't know, few few uh, banging my head against the wall a few times, but I should call. <laughs> I should have called you. Asked for help, but <laughs> I figured it out. If I don't, yeah, sometimes if I don't figure it out on my own, I get depressed and I start listening to Ruby Rock and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. So I think you touched on this a little bit earlier about upgrading the point version. So not necessarily going to 11.2.0, but upgrading from like 11.2.0 or some other point version to like the latest or another previous version. What's been your experience there? Are you Did you see any issues? You kind of mentioned 11.2.6 was a bit touchy. Yep. The way they these upgrade tasks work, it's since it's just essentially a patch, you download the software and, 
it detects that um, that there is an existing version. You just press apply update and do the redeployments. And it, I mean, in a, in a nutshell, I mean, that's how it works. And it, it's very easy compared to back in the day. It's not where you have to stand up new servers and say, go from five to dot seven anymore or six. It's right on top of each other. I guess it's more like an easy button now versus doing the initial upgrade to 11.2 is what we're saying. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. We, we were used to the whole 11.124, you know, new version, 11.123, new version, 11.122. Not now. Once you get to the 11.2 set, it's you just apply right on top of it. And, and we've had some some implementations where, you know, the, after you deliver all three environments, they want you to sit there, you know, and, and, and support as needed until go live. So then a patch may be released depending on how long the, the, the project is. And and we'll, we'll go ahead and apply those quarterly patches, you know, in the same fashion, dev, test, and prod to make sure that anything that they do find uh, anomalies that, uh, within, you know, whether you're on the bleeding edge version or not, that we can see if these things get fixed. So Oracle's rule of thumb now, at least for 11.2, what they've been pushing, they only want you to be as far as two point sets behind from the latest release, right? So we're at 11.27 now, meaning that, you know, you have to be on a minimum of 11.25, which they recommend. I mean, technically they recommend you to be on 11.27, but, you know, 11.25, if you're prior to that, they're going to say, hey, you need to patch to 11.25, get to that point at least, and then go from there. But again, there were no issues with 11.25. It's that dot six was where it was, it was, it was causing the, all the problems, right? We'll see what happens with 11.27 in a couple of weeks when I patch that. What is both of your advice for how customers can best prepare for, let's say, the initial upgrade to the 11.2 platform? Well, the first thing you want to check is to make sure that what your IT landscape, that anything of the operating systems and databases... Uh, is your flavor of choice is actually supported by Hyperion. We do get questions about um, AWS and Azure where there's you know the operating system. If we're using a supported operating system on a cloud platform and it is supported, if it's Windows 2019 and Oracle supports Windows 2019, whether it on be on AWS or Azure or OCI, it's supported, right? So definitely want to make sure that you're going to be using something that falls within the matrix. And also that I really just harp on is the EPMA and the deprecated products because some customers really think that, you know, when yeah, it's a technical upgrade, everything's still kind of there when you do uh, upgrade. But when they find that, oh, where's my uh, dimension library and application library? Well, you know, that was one of the things we should have discussed prior to upgrading that it's gone. So definitely just be aware of, of some of the products and, and check with your vendor to make sure that what products will be disappearing, just, just to verify. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. Um, just definitely look at those products. And I would think that you also want to try to give it some resources. Don't, don't starve it. Out of the box, the applications, when they go to deploy, they're, they're taking advantage of a lot of RAM, right? So try to make sure you properly size your, your environments. Absolutely, absolutely. AJ, I got one follow-up question. What don't you like about the installation or configuration? The RCU configuration part. So there's a, <laughs> it took a lot of trial and error whenever with 11.2 to, to make sure that the right character sets, the right collation was selected and all these things that, that kind of get overlooked within this their installation document. But once you have your little handy dandy, and I know everybody has a notepad plus plus with a bunch of copy and paste lines. Once you got that down and you've done it several times, it becomes clockwork, just like the rest of the installation. But really, that's that's the only 
painful because it's so aligned to 11124 that to me, it's definitely like clockwork. One of the other big things with FCM and ARM specifically, the removal of SOA. In the previous version, SOA was a pain to install, um, to, to have that integrated with uh, the ARM and the FCM and the SDM uh, products, right? So that's out of the question and it's just an easy deploy and everything just works and it, it's great. <laughs> so, 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 yeah. Yeah, I leave those to the more experienced uh, infrastructure people like yourself. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, that's, those are good tips. Very good tips. Anything you would like to plug? Anything uh, going on? Are you speaking anywhere? Are your website and anything at all? How can people get so, in touch with you? Absolutely. My Twitter, at Martellinos, that's M-A-R-T-E-L-I-K-N-O-W-S. I definitely do a lot of posting on there about little tidbits uh, uh, as far as releases and, and when things are available, just because, you know, nobody likes reading readme's, right? So I'll, I'll, I'll copy and paste really nice pieces of information that people are looking for just so they have an easier, you know, way to find those things. And um, you can also find me on LinkedIn, AJ Martellino. That's probably a really good resource as well. Always willing out there to help people out and give it a lending hand. So absolutely reach out if you ever need to. Wow, that's great. By the way, I, I do like reading readmes. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of fun. It's uh it's great. I can't wait to my monthly readme files when they come out. It's good stuff. <laughs> I know Opal likes them too. She's a big fan. She's a big fan. <laughs> I do. That's great. Well, I really appreciate you coming on our, our podcast today um, and discussing with us Oracle on-prem and, and how clients can look to continue to stay on the Oracle EPM platform on-prem and what they need to look for. Absolutely. And uh, just uh, one more food for thought for, for everybody. And I should have mentioned this earlier, but uh, 11124 ends in December, 2021 next month. That's right. So, That's so right. definitely uh, give me a shout or a chat to see what your yeah. options are to, to get you to the, to the latest. So when you say end, you mean support for 11124. Yes. It's not like I'm it's going to turn off and uh, you know, stop <laughs> stop working at you, that time. But you'd be it very could. Surprised, but... <laughs> very surprised that that, that that happens. It's like, well, will our license stop working like Windows? I was like, no, no, no. It, it just means that you know there, there is no Premiere or extended support left. But if you do have S-Space standalone, um, 11124, zero S-Space only, that is supported through 2024. Food for thought. Great. Thank you so much, AJ. Hey, and thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks, AJ. All right. Well, bye, everybody. Bye. Take care. Take it easy. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening. The statements in this show represent the views of the participants and the hosts, and not necessarily the views of any organizations they may be affiliated with. You can reach us on Twitter, Anthony at Freddy and Opal at WomanInEPM with the hashtag DMTechCast. Please remember to subscribe to get the latest from the Performance Management TechCast.